All right, hello and welcome back to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 108, and we got a lot to cover today because the Browns have been making moves. The Browns have made some free agency moves, quite a few actually, um, more than I'm even going to discuss today. I'm going to get into some of the more notable ones that I think are super impactful for what this team is going to do in 2023. Um, want to just touch on the continuation of the Aaron Rodgers saga as that goes on. Uh, and then definitely want to talk some Cavs too. We've got seven games to go in the regular season before playoffs. Um, and lots of exciting things are happening with that team. So we will get into all of that as well. Um, so first let me start off with the Aaron Rodgers stuff just to get that out of the way, because honestly, I'm tired of talking about it. I feel like everyone's tired of talking about it. Um, so the most recent update on Aaron Rodgers is obviously that he went on Pat McAfee and said that he intends to play for the New York Jets this coming season. So basically that, you know, a deal just needs to be reached between the Green Bay Packers organization and the New York Jets organization on what compensation is going to look like. But Aaron is fully ready to be making that move. Um, and it's brought up a lot of conversations because, look, obviously Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's had an incredible career. Um, he was a back-to-back MVP in 2020 and 2021, I believe, uh, were the years. You know, all the years kind of run together these days, but pretty sure that was the two years. Um, and he took a little bit of a step back last season and didn't quite look like his MVP uh, level quarterback play and there are a lot of questions on what he is going to look like in this new team if that was just a down year for him or if he's truly at his age kind of on the decline at this point in time um it's uh it's an interesting conversation for sure and uh I think when you look at the makeup of the Jets roster at this point in time there's a lot of talent there, right? Like they had the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. They have a lot of really talented young players, uh, but some of the moves they have made, for example, the move to get Alan Lazard, I think in a, you know, in a way to court Aaron Rodgers, uh, some moves like that, that don't totally make as much sense. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting. There's been rumblings about Ezekiel Elliott, a couple other big names, but players who aren't quite playing at their peak. There's been OBJ rumors as well that OBJ is going to go to the Jets. And it's just kind of a weird makeup of a team because it's these big names who, you know, at one point in the time were at one point in time were the top players in the league, uh, but aren't quite that anymore, paired with some very talented rookies who look to be, you know, the next greatest players in this league. Uh, but they're in a division that is quite competitive. Miami has made a ton of moves this offseason that I feel like are really going to set them up for success. And they're still the Buffalo Bills. Um, they still have a ton of the talent that they had last year, uh, and they still have Josh Allen at quarterback. So I think to assume that the Jets are now just all of a sudden these contenders that people are making them to be, I personally think seems a little bit crazy. I don't know if I look at the Jets as a contender just based on getting Aaron Rodgers. Now, obviously, he is an upgrade from what their quarterback situation was prior, um, but that doesn't mean they they automatically shoot up the ladder for me. Um, it'll be interesting, though. We do the, the Browns do play the Jets at home again this year, which honestly... 
I hate that. Like after what happened last year, I I don't want to relive that again. I'm not looking forward to that game at all. I feel like something's going to go bad just because of what happened last year. Um, So it should be interesting. But I still put, like I said, Miami and Buffalo ahead of them in the division um, unless there's some moves, other moves that are made that really change my mind. That is what I'm feeling at this point in time. So we will see what happens. The Jets don't have to do anything and Green Bay doesn't have to do anything really until the draft, I feel like, is kind of the next big moment of decision making. So we'll see if anything happens before then. Um, I'd be interested to know. Um, it's a, it's like a weird game of who who has the power in this situation right now. Like the the Packers want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers' massive contract because they want to move on with Jordan Love. And the Jets need a good quarterback. Like, they need a good quarterback. They are not moving forward with Zach Wilson. That is pretty clear. Um, so I, I don't know who has more of the leverage. I know there's been a lot of conver- conversations about some people think one team has way more leverage than the other, but I think it's one of these weird situations where everything has been put so out there in the public that it's hard to say who has the leverage at this point because they both really just need the move to be made. Okay, so let's get into some of the Brown signings that I want to talk about today. Um, very exciting things happening. So um, I don't I don't even know the total number we've made at this point because there were quite a few and some even smaller ones of guys who may or may not make the roster but are good pieces to bring in for camp and some competition for a lot of the younger guys. So I think all of those things are good. But from the big signings, the ones I want to cover today are um, Okoronkwo, Dalvin Tomlinson, Juan Thornhill, Elijah Moore, and Marquise Goodwin. Those are the five that I want to get into a little bit more and what excites me about those signings. <laughs> First of all, as a whole, I think Andrew Berry did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, they're not like these crazy big names. Uh, and I think a lot of times that's where people's eyes go to in free agency, the names that everyone knows, um, those really big money signings. But I think when you have a team that is supposed to be playoff contending, you're not always making those big moves. It's a lot of smaller moves, but very important moves and filling out uh, some really important positions on the roster and potentially some holes that you have uh, to really make you that true contender that you can make that push. And I think that's what Andrew Barry did, especially on defense. I mean, how many times on this podcast have I had the conversation about our defensive tackles and just our defensive line in general, miscommunications in the secondary and all of the issues that have come from that last year. And look, a lot of that Um, I think stems from Joe Woods, um, which is not going to be an issue moving forward. Jim Schwartz is obviously going to have a different idea of how to run this defense, but I do think uh, there was a lack of talent there uh, at a couple positions, and Andrew Berry was able to get some really good players at a really good price to make this work for the entire team. Because, look, you can go out there and pay one guy who's at the very top of his position, uh, but you're not going to have a lot of money to spend on other guys so I think the way he worked through all of this was extremely smart and made a ton of sense so let's start with Okoronkwo um so he is going to be an edge defender and in 2022 last season he recorded 44 total tackles nine tackles for loss and five sacks so pretty nice stat line overall 
Um, I believe it was his first year like really playing as uh, a starter. Uh, so I think there's a lot of room for growth there if that's what he was doing, uh, the way that he's going to be able to build upon that, especially being opposite Miles Garrett. I think that gives you so many opportunities because, look, teams are always going to double and chip Miles Garrett. That's just the reality of the situation. The guy who's on the other side is going to have some opportunities to make plays, even though... You know, for some reason, Jadavian Clowney will tell you otherwise that that wasn't the case, that he wasn't getting opportunities. Everyone knows that is the case, that Miles Garrett is going to get all of the attention attention from the other team, and the other guy is going to be able to use that uh, to, to make some plays and make some stuff happen. So I can envision him having a great year where he is just getting after the quarterback like no other, and that would be, I think, really exciting for him. Um, I think, too, he fits well into Schwartz's defense because of his pass rushing abilities, the way that Jim Schwartz talked about how he intends to run this defense and how he has with, you know, defenses he's coached in the past is that he prioritizes pass rushers. He wants to get after the quarterback. So I think uh, that is going to be a great opportunity for him. Um, his deal is three years worth up to $22 million and has $12.5 million guaranteed. So, I mean, really great for him. It's obviously the best deal he's gotten in his career. Um, and I think it's a really manageable deal for the Browns. Um, and they're really, I think, thinking, thinking that there's going to be a lot of upside there with this player, which is super exciting to see. And you don't have that opportunity very often unless you draft a guy um, it's hard to get them when you feel like they're on the upward because they're going to a lot of times cost a lot more money. Um, but I think this was a unique circumstance where we were able to get this player with um, such a high upside. Um, okay, so the next move that I am very excited about is Dalvin Tomlinson. Defensive tackle, guys, we have a, like a competent defensive tackle on this roster, which is all I really wanted this offseason, like we could have done nothing else and made this move. And I honestly might still be happy because we just needed someone who was competent and better than what we had last year. Look, the team last year averaged 135 yards rushing per teams last year averaged 135 yards rushing per game um, against the Browns. And that was obviously a major part of all of our losses. And you know, a huge part of that is that our defensive tackles were undersized and they just couldn't stop the run. Like it didn't matter who we were playing. We could have been playing the worst rushing team in the league and they were still going to put up on average 135 yards rushing on us. Very frustrating. So this is great because we've got a big boy out there now. Definitely not undersized. He's six foot three, 325 pounds. I think uh, it's going to be a lot harder to push him out of the way like what was happening uh, with the Browns defense last year. Like it felt like the defensive tackles were getting pushed back immediately. Therefore, the linebackers couldn't make plays. Therefore, everyone struggled as a whole. Um, this this will be a great start into fixing that. Um, his deal is four years, $57 million with $27.5 million guaranteed. So really good contract again. Um, proven player with success. And I am really, really excited about this one. I still think we need to get one more um, really competent defensive tackle. Um, I think Ioannidis is still out there. I'm not totally sure. I believe that's how you pronounce his name too. Um, but that would be an interesting signing to make. Um, it's hard in the draft with defensive tackles, but if they aren't able to get another sure guy in free agency, they might end up going that route. But just depends on who's available. Um, so we will see what happens. 
All right, next move is Juan Thornhill, uh, safety. He was on the Chiefs, so we've got a Super Bowl winner in our presence now, which is very exciting for the secondary. Um, I think anytime you can get a, a leader and someone who was the best at their position on a team that won a Super Bowl um, is really exciting because they know what it feels like and they can bring that energy into the locker room. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, what's good about him is that I really think he's a true free safety, uh, which will be helpful as I feel like John Johnson just never was that for us. And we tried to use him as that. Um, and the other thing is Thornhill's deal is actually cheaper than what we would have been paying John Johnson had we continued with him. Um, Thornhill's getting a three-year deal that's worth up to $21 million with $14 million guaranteed. Uh, and this was this was one of the moves I was really interested in making, uh, was getting a true free safety out there. Uh, in 2022, he played 70% of the Chiefs Chiefs snaps as a free safety. So that's pretty much uh, what his role is going to be. And then you probably... Um, have Delpit out there as a as a strong safety so uh, it should be good and more clear maybe we have less communi- miscommunications uh, with a more clearly defined role for each of them out there uh, but I was I was very pumped about this one so defense on that side of the ball really coming together um, so then the two wide receiver signings that I want to go over Elijah Moore and Marquise Goodwin so obviously one of these much bigger than the other. The Marquise Goodwin signing, I feel like, is a speed depth signing where you're just trying to um, bring in someone almost like what you wanted Anthony Schwartz to be. Like Anthony Schwartz was supposed to be that speed guy. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, it just hasn't totally worked out. I feel for the guy. Like, it, it sucks. I think he's worked hard to get to where he is and um, I'm sure it's not easy but I just don't know if he panned out to be the player that they were really um, hoping for uh, him to develop into so I think this is kind of a more veteran um, idea of that type of player which is good because he's had you know many years in this league a lot of success and I think it might be more better suited for a team that's looking to contend rather than just continue to develop guys that haven't quite shown um, the ability to take that next step. So um, I was a little bit surprised by this signing, but I guess maybe I shouldn't be because I think they're always looking to add uh, more depth and shore things up before training camp. You know, obviously cutdowns will happen and whatnot, but it's good to have options if you can. Uh, And then Elijah Moore. This was very exciting and came together very quickly. It felt like the Browns were in on the... Hardman deal at one point in time, but Hardman ended up signing with the Jets. And as soon as that happened, a couple minutes later, it felt like uh, the Elijah Moore trade came to fruition. So obviously not a free agent signing, but this was a trade that was made between the Jets and the Browns. Um, The Browns sent over pick 42, which was our first pick in the draft, our second round pick. And then the Jets sent over pick 74, which is a earlier third round pick. Um, as well as Elijah Moore. So we basically had to trade down our pick, what, like 30 spots or somewhere around there um, in order to get Elijah Moore, which I personally think is a bargain. Some people were like, why did you do that? Now your earliest pick in the draft is going to be in the third round. I'm sorry, draft picks don't win Super Bowls. They just don't. You can just hang on to these draft picks and and guess every single year. But Elijah Moore, I think, has so much upside and has had proven moments in the NFL where you can see 
who he is going to be, uh, where I think it's totally worth it rather than taking a gamble on someone at 42 or guessing that the player you want at 42 is still going to be there. I mean, once you get out of the first round, it's like a guessing game on who is going to be available because teams value guys at such different levels. Like one team could have a guy at 40 and the next team could have that same guy at 80. Like it can be such a large range depending on how you evaluate players and what you're looking for. So it is definitely a gamble when you get into those areas of the draft. And I like having the shore player much more. Um, There's a lot of ways that I think the Browns can end up using Elijah Moore. So obviously he's got the speed. That's a big thing. And I think that is important for us to have another speed guy um, who we think is going to get significant time. Um, He played about 41% of his snaps in the slot in his two years with the Jets. Um, So I'm not sure if that's how the Browns are going to use them. It's interesting because we've got now we've got Amari Cooper. We've got Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell, which I would say are the four for sure that are going to be getting a lot of snaps on this team. Um, And then, you know, a couple other guys maybe getting some here and there. But those will probably be the ones getting consistent snaps. Uh, So you can really work with any combination of who's going to be outside, who's going to be in the slot, um, and mess around with it. Like sometimes Amari Cooper could be in the slot. Sometimes Elijah Moore could be. Sometimes DPJ could be. Like you could just do whatever with it. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they decide to use the different guys. But Boy, does that make us so much more competitive just adding another weapon like that, Um, especially with, you know, injuries that can happen. You always want to be prepared for that. Uh, So having more talent there is a huge deal. The other thing I love about him is he's only had two drops in his two years with the Jets. Very exciting stuff to see. Hate dropping the ball. Really hate dropping the ball. Um, So very pumped to see that. And look, the guy is only 22 years old. He's got two years left on his deal. He's on a rookie contract. We have to pay him like, what, a million, two million a year? This is like easy, easy deal because there's so much upside there. He had to play with Zach Wilson as his quarterback in New York. Uh, for his two years, along with, you know, the carousel of Mike White sometimes, uh, Joe Flacco sometimes, you know, it was all over the place. There was no consistency there. Uh, so I think it's it's so hard to even judge his numbers because, look, his numbers weren't crazy. He wasn't getting this insane production. You know, he's doing well with what he had, but he wasn't getting targeted that much. Um, and they had a tough situation at quarterback, which obviously affects how the receivers are going to be able to perform. Uh, So I think maybe it was just a bad situation for him. Clearly, he didn't like it. He had asked for a trade a couple weeks into last season, um, you know, with Garrett Wilson and some other guys getting more targets and and more production. I just think, um, you know, that relationship was doomed to end. And I feel pretty good that we were the ones that got to benefit from it because I think we got a steal in it. Like, I think we could look back on this in a couple years and be like, oh, Andrew Barry really, he fleeced them on this deal. Like, I think that could truly happen with this one uh, because of how much better I feel like he can be with a consistent quarterback situation. You know, this is all depending on Deshaun taking that that step to be who he was prior um, when he was on the Texans. I think, obviously, everything that we talk about is very dependent on that. So, uh, you know, that this is me hoping that Elijah Moore is able to do that based on uh, Deshaun Watson being that guy. So uh, really excited about all of these signings. Like, I, I know 
I feel like people think I'm this eternal optimist with the Browns and you know in a lot of ways I am but it's based on just really liking uh, what they are putting together and you know we see issues like they see those issues too they are seeing the holes they didn't look at you know the 135 yards rushing per game and we're like yeah that's totally acceptable we're super cool with that no they looked at that and said okay clearly we we didn't give enough to this position and we need to put some more thought into it uh, and maybe spend some more capital there. And that's what they did. Uh, They looked at wide receiver and thought, hey, you know, we like what we saw from our guys last year, but we need some more depth to be keeping up with the powers, uh, you know, in our division and in our conference. Like there's, there's the Bengals out there. There is the bill, like there's so many good teams out there with great quarterbacks who, you know, they don't even all, like the Bills don't always have, you know, all these incredible receivers of the Chiefs, honestly. Like they don't keep all of their incredible weapons, but with their great quarterbacks, they can make guys really great and you just need to have those options. So I think this was giving us another great option to have out there, um, which is really exciting. So I like to see that they're, the front office is seeing what we are seeing and they're they're doing something about it. It might not always be as quickly as people would like to. Like day one of free agency, everyone was furious that the Browns hadn't made a move yet. I think their first move came like it was 11 p.m. or something on the the first night. Um, But in general, like you you have to be patient with it because sometimes when teams jump the gun and they're willing to spend a ton of money super early in free agency uh, Mm -hmm. without seeing how the market falls, sometimes they end up overspending and they end up hurting themselves more in the end. So I think it's good to be patient, make moves that are good for you uh, and what you're trying to do as a team, don't overspend on things uh, just because you, you know, freaked out last minute and thought, oh, we got to get someone, you know, let's let's get a big name to be excited about. That's not what it's about. Free agency is about, you know, building uh, and working on the groups that really need some help on your team. And they did that. So I'm feeling good. Okay, let's talk some calves. So like I said, Cavs have seven more games before the playoffs. Like this season is quickly coming to a close, which is kind of emotional because it's been just such a fun season to watch this team um, and the twists and turns it has taken throughout the course of the season, but um, has been consistently a fun, fun group to watch. Uh, It looks like most likely the Cavs are going to be getting the Knicks in the first round, but I don't know. Those couple seeds there are getting really close. Like we are secure at four for sure. But the Knicks, Nets, and Heat are all being weird. They're being weird. Like, the Heat can maybe pass um, the Knicks. I'm not sure how I feel about that. The Heat make me a little bit nervous to have to play in the first round. Um, But the Knicks also make me a little bit nervous. I wish we could get the Nets. Like, that would be great if we could play the Nets in the first round. But uh, it doesn't seem like that is in the cards for us. Um, So, look, we'll take whatever we got to do. Like, the Heat make me nervous because of their veteran play Jimmy Butler I feel like could be dangerous against us the Knicks make me nervous because I just think it's so intense to send this group of young players into a playoff atmosphere in MSG uh, that is a little bit intimidating Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it kind of all comes together but in terms of what the team has been doing recently, a couple things stand out to me. One, the rise of Karis LeVert and what he has meant to this team in the last month or so. Uh, he has been in the mid-teens and scoring pretty much every game recently. Obviously, there's, you know, game here or there where that is not the case. But, 
he's just looking so much more confident. Um, and there was a, a piece on him the other day that I was reading where he kind of said he's like been flipping into playoff mode where he's just so locked in. And I feel like you can sense it. Um, and boy, does it make such a big difference when you can have a guy come off the bench and be able to score like Karis can. We haven't really had that at certain points this season, and it was such a struggle because if a guy in the starting lineup, like say Darius is having an off night or Donovan's having an off night, it was such a struggle because we didn't have any other options to come in and pick up the slack for that. When Karis is doing well, you have more options then of someone you trust to come in and be able to to hit shots when someone is is not doing well. Um, so I'm really excited about what we've seen from him and. I'm happy for him that he's continued to, you know, fight for it and continued to build uh, even when everyone was trying to trade him at one point in time or uh, trying to say that, you know, he shouldn't be a part of this team anymore. He just kept going and now is, I think, going to be an important part of the playoffs because, look, whoever we play is going to game plan to stop Donovan Mitchell and to stop Darius Garland and to stop Evan Mobley and to stop Jared Allen. Like that is going to be their goals is our, our big four guys. How do we stop these guys? Uh, so you're going to need people like Harris to be able to step up in those moments. If teams are finding success in shutting our star players down, uh, I think that'll be really crucial. And there could be a game where he is the difference maker. He is the reason we win. I could definitely see that in the future. The other guy I want to talk about, Isaac Okoro, game winner Isaac Okoro. Um, that w- that shot was one of the happiest moments <laughs> of watching Cavs basketball this season. To see his reaction hitting that game winning shot against the Nets was just pure joy. And I think what makes it so cool is the happiness of his teammates in that moment. I love the way this team just rallies around each other and really wants to see each other succeed. I mean, those guys were so happy for him. Um, I just had a smile on my face. I was watching all of his interviews all night. Um, it was kind of wild watching him in that that setting because you're just used to seeing like Donovan or Darius or, um, you know, up in the post, Evan taking that final shot. But uh, it was uh, a, a, just a different situation where, Karis saw the pass and, by the way, made an incredible pass. He saw the pass there to be made and hit him in the corner, and Isaac Isaac was confident enough to take it. And um, I was so proud of him for it. I think it's he's another guy that I'm glad he's kept with it and hasn't let the noise make him feel defeated because he's another one that early on people were ready to be done with. And, look, I get it. He wasn't playing well. Like, that's, that's part of why um, that was the case, but... He's continued to work on it, continued to try to stay confident and to be able to feel like he could take that shot in that moment was huge. You know, he doesn't he doesn't take those. It was his first game winner of his career, although he said other than his preseason game, his rookie year, I think it was his first preseason game. He had a game winner then. So regular season wise, first game winner. Um, And I think that was really big. And I also think this has a lot to do with. JB Bickerstaff and look people have been hard on him at certain times this season for decisions they don't like same with every coach sorry every coach doesn't make good decisions in all 82 games it's a very long season Um, but I do think JB is so good at managing these players and their different personalities and what they need um, and that he has given Isaac the confidence to continue 
fighting to get better and fighting for moments like this is so big because every coach wouldn't be like that. I think we don't realize how hard it is because coaches have egos and want to win too. Um, And it's hard to, when a player is going through it, keep that confidence in them and make them feel like they can do it. Uh, The fact that he was able to, to be that for Isaac still, I think is really awesome to see and what is part of what makes JB a great coach for this team. Um, And I think the guys really, they see that and they care about that a lot. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the playoffs. I think, you know, there's all these expectations of like what the Cavs are going to be able to be in the playoffs. And look, unfortunately we have the three best teams in the NBA in our conference, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the 76ers are the three best teams in the NBA and they're just sitting above us. Those three teams have so much playoff experience um, in however many years those teams have been going to the playoffs, and we're, we're the newbies in it. And I think sometimes people forget how long it takes to build a team um, and be able to consistently make it to the playoffs. So we were so spoiled with LeBron where it was just so normal to just go to the finals all the time that it didn't even feel like it was hard, you know, but it's very hard. It is extremely hard to go to the finals, let alone to win a playoff series. Like that is extremely hard to do. Uh, And I think people just, they do need to have patience with the Cavs. I know they're talented. I know we want to win now. I know we feel like we have a lot of good pieces there. You do have to have patience because it took the Celtics a long time. It took the 76ers a long time and they, Look, the 76ers haven't even made it deep in the playoffs. They have struggled. So even with all their talent and um, the number of playoff series they have had, they haven't really been able to make it deep. Uh, and the Bucks took time too. That didn't happen for Giannis overnight. Giannis wasn't always the Giannis of today that is such a dominant player in this league. Uh, so I think it's good to remember just because I feel like when we watch the Cavs, you get so singularly focused on what the Cavs are doing uh, that you forget there are other teams out there that have had long processes in themselves and I always go back to this one I feel like I've said it on here with the Celtics literally last season they were about to blow their team up because they didn't like what was happening they were like we've been trying for what four years or something like that now this isn't working we should blow this up and then they just happen to make it to the finals and and fight against the Warriors and almost almost win against the Warriors so I think uh, it's important to remember that because that didn't happen for them overnight and they were inches away. Like you could feel it that they were like, oh, the, the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown thing, not going to happen. It's not working. We got to we gotta move on and try something else out until it did end up working. So anything can happen, um, but it takes time. All right. So that is all I have for you guys today. Um, coming up soon, we've got Guardians baseball starting back, which is very exciting. We've got, obviously, the NBA playoffs pretty soon. I believe the playing games are mid-April-ish. Um, and then playoffs will start, you know, a couple days after that, which, oh, thank God we don't have to deal with the play-in this year. That was too stressful last year. I just, I'm happy we don't have to be a part of that again um, and just get our own series right off the bat. Um, so we've got that. And then we will continue talking any other NFL Browns moves that are made. Um, we've got the draft in what a month now about a month until the draft so that's very exciting um now that we know you know we don't have pick 42 anymore we've got 74 at the start 
going to start having to change my mock drafts over and uh, we'll talk on here about what we probably should do with that pick, especially as some of the pieces in free agency are filled out. I feel like that dictates so much of what you do in the draft is what you've already done in free agency. So we will see there um, and just continue on. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. Um, I hope you are all taking care of yourselves uh, as we get into springtime here and things are starting to get busy. Just remember, take some time to take care of yourself too. Um, If you could just also leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, share with a friend all that good stuff. I very much appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Go Cavs, go Browns, and go Guardians.